Nothing happens in Valleygate. It's getting very cold up in the mountains. The winds don't help one bit, and as we creep ever closer to the threshold of Old Man Winter's realm, we begin to feel the cold ever more. It can get cold in autumn for sure, but you're so distracted by the beauty around you that you barely notice the cold, and the rain helps as well, making conversation more toward how much we needed the rain versus how chilly it's beginning to get, but this last week there was one day that was not of this season. The cold crept along the ground, tinging the grass a ghostly white, and it snuck under your skin and remained with you even when you tried to keep warm by the fire or by a space heater indoors. So we hope when November arrives there's more time to enjoy the autumn season before the first snowfall. This last Monday, the annual Haunted Acres event opened there at Peachel Orchard. Sylvia and Darwin Peachel are spirit festival fanatics, and they always decorate the orchard for the final week like a little haunted village. They make the gem mining station into a grave digging station. They could have their own experience. Some college boys even decided to enter alone to see if that would increase their chances of a scarecrow sighting, but they came away with nothing to report other than a lost black... University of Truffles Landing Valleygate hoodie that had been tied around one boy's waist. Sylvia, when the rumor of the scarecrows finally reached her, thought it was odd she hadn't rigged the scarecrows to move, much less climb down from their poles and scare people. She had made those scarecrows herself from Darwin's old clothes and a few pieces from Valleygate thrift, stuffed them with hay from Felton Greenreed. They were as mundane as mundane could be, and so she mostly ignored the speculation, and besides, it brought in business, so why not? It's just a bit of harmless fun. On Thursday morning, she went out into the maze to try and find a sweatshirt the boy had lost. She ventured through the maze expertly, being intimately familiar with it. She even took some of the shortcuts she had hidden among the corn, but she didn't see the hoodie anywhere, and as she searched, she noticed one of the scarecrow poles was empty. This is when she began to grow annoyed. A rumor is one thing, but vandalizing the maze for a prank is where she draws the line. She searched the area for the scarecrow, but couldn't seem to find it. It had rained the night before, and the mud was making it difficult for her to search very deep in the cornstalks. She searched for a few minutes more, making a wider circle around the pole, but she finally concluded that the scarecrow must have been stolen, so she exited the maze in frustration and made her way back toward the bakery. They were opening soon, and the middle school was having a field trip that was arriving at nine, and so... She had to make sure they had enough donuts and apple cider ready for them. She glanced back at the maze for a moment before she entered the bakery and saw that the empty pole now held a scarecrow and over the plaid shirt she had gotten for Darwin nearly 18 years ago, it wore a black sweatshirt with white lettering that read UTL Valleygate across the chest. We celebrated the Spirit Festival this weekend, which began with the Titans besting the Hollow Springs Dryads there at the high school on Friday night, which was a great game, closed the whole time until a last-minute interception clinched the win for our Titans. Then, on Saturday was the day of the feast and the Spirit Moon Ball. The whole community gathered in the town square to enjoy the feast. Simply everyone brought a dish to pass, and this year they brought in some food trucks for our enjoyment. The Shepherd's Nook had beverages available, and there was music and all sorts of enjoyable activities. Felton Greenreed brought his biggest pumpkin and put it on display, which baffled 
The children, who stood in awe of it, it must have been ten feet tall, and he had loaded it on an industrial trailer he had rented just to get it into town. It was an incredible sight. And after the feast, everyone had their fill. It was time for the ball, and everyone went home and began to doll themselves up for whoever it was they were going to the ball with. It took place up in the old Valleygate Fortress, outside of town a few minutes up on a hill, years and years ago, the castle was used as a military outpost manned by a significant host of soldiers just in case the giants up the mountain stirred and either attacked or just wanted to parlay, but the castle was abandoned and we have no reason as to why in any historical record. But a few years ago, maybe ten or so, a eccentric billionaire came to Valleygate and fell in love with the castle and he got permission from the city to convert it into an event space for meetings and banquets and weddings, and where there were ruined walls and ceilings, glass was put in to preserve the stone while offering spectacular views of the nature around Valleygate as well as the night sky. People began to arrive around 7.30, and Harriet Beach and her daughter, who flew in from Bonespire, were working to get the place ready until about 7.29, then retreated to the kitchens to oversee the food and drink processes. This was the first year Harriet hired an event service to run the thing for her so she could enjoy her evening. They supplied nearly everything, including wait staff, and Harriet did relax a little finally as the ball began, but the caterer and the florist and the events manager were not ready for her energy when the night arrived, but they got everything done. And the ball began. Kira Brighttoes and Aaron Brambleback made an appearance together for the first time as an official couple. Homecoming was just them as friends, but here they are together. Another couple that astonished the crowd was Charlie Goose and Luciana Daynude arriving arm in arm. They looked well together, and it was a welcome sight to see our police chief with a smile on his face after so many years of bachelorhood. And as every ball in every town is, there was plenty of emotional drama unfolding throughout the evening, and couples were made and couples were unmade, and at about 10pm most all the young people, all the high schoolers were sent home, and the 21 and over party began, which started civil friends, honest it did, but it wasn't long before the music was deafening, and the college students and 20-somethings of Valleygate felt the emotion of the evening and they gathered on the dance floor and danced the night away. But not every couple in town made it to the feast or even the ball. There were those with some great responsibility, those who must stand vigil to make sure the rest of the town enjoys themselves, and that was the task of Percy Marigold and Aaron Blackfawn, who instead of dressed in beautiful clothes wore black clothing to remain unseen on the outskirts of the venue in the woods. Erin knew the party would attract the spirits, and she and Percy had spent the whole last week setting up the wards and purifying them nightly just to make sure everything was safe, and when the night of the ball finally came, Erin felt anxious, but Percy knew they had overprepared. He had a knack for all this spiritual stuff, and he had hoped that maybe they could attend the ball at last, but Erin never relaxed. She kept going over the same checklist time and time again. They could hear the music coming from up the hill, and the people who would step out in the courtyard to walk into the moonlight. Every now and again, they'd run into a young couple making out in the woods, and they'd shoo them away with some of the animal calls Aaron had ready for just such an occasion. They'd been out there for hours at around 9pm, and Percy knew the wards were holding, and he built up the courage to finally say, Do you think we can call it a night and join the fun? 
Aaron looked at him quizzically. Percy, we have to stay out here. We can't let anything get through. The wards are holding, and, and it's freezing out here. You did such a good job, there probably isn't a spirit within miles of us. This shook Aaron's resolve, and she considered it for a moment. I don't know, Percy. I, I don't want to, like, step on your foot or something while we're dancing, and then the whole place laughs at us. Then we can dance here, Percy said, and he pulled Aaron close. This surprised her, and her heart began to race. The distant music had transitioned to a slower song, and at Percy's guiding, they began to sway in the darkness. And there was something about Percy, maybe his adorable smile or his gentle touch that calmed Aaron, made her anxiety melt away, and for the first time in a while, in his arms, Aaron was sure that nothing happens in Valleygate. Episode 8 of Nothing Happens in Valleygate was written, recorded, edited, and sound designed by me, Josiah Duff, but the music you are hearing now is by my friend Andy Ferris. Thank you, Andy, so much. Thank you so much for joining me through this adventure of an October as I recorded and put out an episode every week. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope your spooky season was incredible. And we still have one more episode coming out tomorrow. So don't forget about that. Download, listen. It's going to be very cool. It's a little different than what we normally do uh, just to celebrate sort of the spooky season of Halloween. And I hope you'll listen and share it with friends. Hey, so I'm also going to start posting these podcasts on YouTube. So if there's anyone out there who would like to view on YouTube or maybe you'd like to listen on YouTube while you're at work or something like that, I am going to be uh, releasing these uh, slowly over the next few weeks uh, as I figure out the best way to actually get that going. Um, go ahead and leave a review for this podcast on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us get to more people, sort of go up the ranks a little bit, and uh, have new listeners join the cozy town of Valleygate. That would be really awesome, and I would love to read your review at the end of the episode if I can. You can also reach us at our Instagram at visitvalleygate on Instagram, and you can go over there, check out a couple photos. I usually take a photo of when I'm recording and upload it, as well as any art that I happen to do, um, and I'd love to talk to you over there. And lastly, you can email us at visitvalleygate at gmail.com, and I would love to correspond with you over email as well. Finally, folks, the sticker that I've created is still available, and you can find it at visitvalleygate.creator-spring.com, the easy URL. Um, I'm also going to have it in the show notes so you can easily get there, and then you can have a little piece of Valleygate to bring home. And with that, thank you for listening. Thank you for your support this October. I'm going back to an every other week schedule in November, and hopefully I'll have more time to make some longer episodes and do a little more sound design now that I'm not doing one every week. Uh, and then we'll get into the new year and we'll continue with this thing. And I hope you're excited to see what Valleygate's like as we approach winter and all the magical antics that folks get up to as we move toward that season. So thank you so much, folks. And I hope to see you tomorrow for Halloween. I know you're going to like it. <laughs>